This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. As you guys know, there's no other sport like hockey. From the fast tempo to the fights to the highlight reel plays, and there's no better way to make it more exciting than betting on it. By understanding the details of each team and game, you can turn that knowledge into cash with mybookie.ag. Nobody gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie has the best payouts and better odds than any other sportsbook. I wouldn't be telling you this if they weren't the best. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $100, you receive an extra $50 free money to play with. Deposit $200, get an extra $100, you get the deal. Just use the promo code THPN to activate the offer and take advantage of this. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Well, we were going to start today's episode with what your favorite Super Bowl food is, but I should have known, Horwat, I really should have known that if we're going to record immediately following a Pittsburgh Penguins versus Washington Capitals game, that there is not going to be anything else we can start the top of the show off with. I literally haven't even gotten the post-game notification yet. That's how quickly after this we are. Oh yeah, we were already, basically by the time the final horn sounded, we were on here getting ready to talk pens, caps, but we also have a review of the Pittsburgh Penguins versus Philadelphia Flyers game that we're probably going to soar through because we want to talk about Penn's caps, don't we? <laughs> it's to... also the game that I saw most of. I th- was at work for the Flyer game. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I okay. was at work for the Flyer game. So I managed to pull up a stream on my phone to watch overtime as they started celebrating. So Yeah, it's fine. I was at work, too. I watched every single part of the game except the overtime goal that had to sit somebody at work, so I missed that one. Yeah. So we will talk about Penn's Flyers really quickly after we start the show, but then we'll get all into Penn's caps, everything that it means, everything that's going on, just kind of diving into that. And, I mean, what is your favorite Super Bowl food? We'll do that really quickly because that's we were going to spend, like, minutes yeah. on that. We're, we don't have the time for that. So my favorite Super Bowl food is beer and wings, obviously. What's yours? Uh, anything and everything. Anything and everything. Well, there you go. That's enough yeah, bullcrap that, that nobody wants to hear about. <laughs> Let's get the show started. Welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky. I am joined by Nicholas J. Horwat, noted Pittsburgh Penguins fan, and we are <laughs> amped up. So let's quickly get through this Penns Flyers game, which if there was ever any question as to who is still the biggest rival for the Pittsburgh Penguins between the Flyers and the Capitals, I think we had a pretty good answer this weekend. We always stand by wondering which rivalry is the biggest and we just played you know both of them in back-to-back games and with you know the flyers game kind of just being a not I, I from what i remember just being I mean, like it a was a game it's a game it was a game yeah you know there's a little rivalry there you know it's the more it's more of the historical rivalry than what penguins and capitals are penguins capitals come in you know super bowl sunday playing the 12 30 game mm-hmm. and yeah. boy oh boy yeah there is some hatred between those teams that not too many other teams can match. Nope. It's maybe the Battle hardly... of Alberta on Saturday night. That might have done it. I saw none of it, and I'm really disappointed in myself. Uh, we'll go back and watch some of the highlights because that <laughs> yeah. was a little bit, if you can believe it, it was more of a blood feud than Penn's Caps was today. Yeah. Which was I believe technically that. yesterday, I guess. 
But let's yeah. jump into Penn's Flyers. I got the goal review going right here. First period, only one goal by the Philadelphia Flyers on the power play. Jacob Voracek, 11th goal from Niskanen and Farabee, the 1931 in. The Pens gave up a power play late in the period. And, of course, the Philadelphia Flyers capitalized, took that one nothing lead after a really stalemate of a first period. Moving on to the second period, lots of goals scored here. Penguins tied it at one, just 355 in. That's Evgeny Malkin scoring his 16th of the season from Patrick Hornquist. Then just a couple minutes later on the power play, Brian Rust nets his 22nd of the year. Assists go to Crosby and Malkin, which that would be a theme leading into the third goal. Another power <laughs> yeah. play goal, Chris Letang, his 11th of the season from, again, Crosby and Malkin. That was just over halfway through the game at the 11.03 mark. Then, just before the end of the period, of course, Philadelphia Flyers make it 3-2. to two. Tyler Pitlick nets his fifth of the year from Nico Bay Kubel. Yeah, it's Nico Bay Kubel is his full name. Him and Niskanen assist on that 16.29 in. So 3-2 heading into the third. Third period, of course, Scott Lawton scores two minutes and 20 seconds in. His seventh assisted to Tyler Pitlick, which is just a tragic name for him. And Kevin Hayes, the known Boston rat, I guess we can call him. And then, of course, the overtime period. You said we, you missed it. I just missed it. 55 seconds into OT. Captain Clutch, Sidney Crosby, nets the game winner. His ninth goal of the season from Latang and McCann. Pens win 4-3. to three. And like we said, it was a rivalry game. But if you compare the two games, of course, the Washington game was more intense. But let's talk a little bit about what we saw in that game against the Philadelphia Flyers. I mean, one of the biggest storylines was the Pens roster coming after that nine-day break. Yeah. Justin Schultz with the return. Yuso Rikula gets the sit. Anthony Angelo was recalled, and Sam Lafferty was not recalled before this game. We don't know the reason why, but of course we'll get to his impact a little bit later. But those were the roster moves coming out of the break. What did you think of the roster moves bringing up Anthony Angelo in favor of Sam Lafferty before this game? I feel like we just maybe it was just something we just wanted to try a new guy. We knew Lafferty, you know can do what he does in the league but he had kind of fallen off a little bit mm-hmm. toward the end of his I guess tenure in his first round of NHL play I don't know how to put it yeah his first stint. um his first stint yeah he kind of fallen off a cliff not off the cliff but he kind of declined in production toward the end of his stint up here for the first time mm-hmm. uh we sent him back down for the all-star break where he apparently did decent down there for those couple games of Wilkes-Barre yeah but I think we knew is at the point of can he, you know, perform like he did before? Mm-hmm. So we said, we'll just give another guy a shot who, like, what's the worst that happens? Either we bring up, you know, Lafferty and just doesn't perform, or bring up Angelo or, like, someone new, and it's about the same situation. Yeah. Not saying both guys weren't going to perform, just saying why not take a shot at a new guy, new blood, that you never know what could happen. Yeah, and it was his NHL debut for Anthony Angelo, and he played fairly well for that Flyers game. I mean, he played a lot in that first period. Other than that, that line did not get much play in the second and third period when the game got closer. You could say it looked bad giving up a 3-1 to one lead, but at the same time, some of those goals were good bounces. Some of those goals were fantastic passes. The first goal that Philly scored, I do specifically remember Matt Niskanen with a beautiful pass to Voracek on the power play. I'm so surprised at how he saw him, so that was a good play there by Philly, and of course Philly followed it up on Saturday night with a big win. That's a team that could be there in the playoffs. So saying that they're not that big of a rival, maybe another playoff series. I know the last time we played was in 2018 where the Penguins Mm -hmm. completely embarrassed them with Jake Gensel and Crosby, but the play between these two teams, it's close, and it's tight checking, and it's everything you want a divisional game to be, but as far as rivalry game, it didn't seem like there was much bad blood. It really didn't. I think, I don't know what could have 
caused this. Maybe it was just you know not seeing each other. It's very weird seeing these two teams not you know totally go at each other like the Capitals games. It's um, a situation where you figure it's gonna be like that, but it's really not. And it's maybe because they're two completely different teams anymore yeah. than what they were. Like the last time I can remember getting, you know, bad. Like prior to maybe the Stadium Series last year was maybe just the 2012 playoffs. But, like, that's, like, the last time that really comes to mind where I'm thinking, yeah, those two teams didn't like each other. They're two completely different teams at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm also unsure if 12 was the correct year, but... Yeah, we played them in you, 2012. Was that 12? Okay. Yeah. But that's usually what comes to mind is the last time these two teams were... Those two teams were really at each other's throats, wanting to really, you know, play physical against each other. I think it's a rivalry that has turned into two skillful teams more or mm-hmm. less than two teams that are out there for blood. It's not, I mean, it's weird saying the Flyers are skilled because I, that, that name you just said, I didn't recognize at all. Nickel Bay Kubel. <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah. But I mean, Vorchek's having a very off year. Giroux's always been overrated in my eyes. Oh, um, very much so. Yeah. Couturier was kind of a nothing this last game, unless he's hurt or something again. I don't know. He's their best player by far, and you didn't mention his name at all, did you? Sean Couturier? No, he was yeah. held off the score sheet. He really, he's give or take against the Penguins. He's either the top guy on their team and always flying around, always making a presence, or he's just like he was on this game on Friday night. He just mm-hmm. wasn't there. And another player that we haven't mentioned because he didn't play, and I don't, I don't know what his injury status is, but I know he hasn't played against the Pittsburgh Penguins these last two times they played, is Nolan Patrick. And he's a guy that they're really, okay. they're really like looking towards to be yeah. the leader of this next stint of Philadelphia Flyers to try to carry that team. And you know, missing games like that, it's it sucks. But uh, uh, he'll probably come back with a vengeance. And I'm sure he's a really good player and he's played fairly well. He hasn't really been second pick worthy as far as the way he's played. But I think he'll be really good. And I think Couturier, of course, like you said, is their best player. And Claude Giroux, I, I got no love for him. I just don't think he's that good of a player, really. It's amazing how underrated he is, or overrated, excuse me, mm-hmm. how overrated Claude Giroux is, yet how underrated Steven Stamkos has been his entire career. That's my big thing, is those two, just the dichotomy between people are calling Giroux so good, yet nobody really wants to give somebody like Steven Stamkos, who is, if you look at all the stats for the 2010s, the top goal scorers, the top point getters, Steven Stamkos is in the top five. Now, I know that none of this really you know affects anything but i'm thinking of um the first the quote first team and second team of the nhl over the decade yeah was stamkos on the second team i believe so yes i believe he was placed on the second team because i know Giroux wasn't on it at all well yeah which yeah exactly he's been non-existent since 2015 exactly so maybe that i know that means nothing but that gives you an insight of yeah Stamkos does, like, is getting some of the love he deserves in one way, and Drew's just kind of finally, it's finally being realized that he's on a downfall and ha- just hasn't done much since, I would say, 2012, maybe even a little after. Yeah, since he got put on the cover? Is that what you're saying? I didn't even think of that. Ooh, <laughs> I know the, coming up. The, 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 screw Madden, there's an NHL cover curse. We can't really I've, say that, though, because Austin Matthews is competing for the Rocket Richard right now. Yeah, I think <laughs> I had a theory that for a little while there was one, but I don't think you can I don't anymore. think so. I mean, Subban last year, he's 
falling off a cliff. Yeah, but he wasn't I really think... that good to begin with, and I think they... you'll back me up on that. Exactly, he wasn't. McDavid was on the year before, and I don't. He's just on the Oilers, so it's just a disappointment. Yeah. But it's cool. Uh, we don't need to dig into that now. That's a different story for a different day. Yeah, and I think just to end that game, the only thing that I uh, else that I noticed, the only thing I noticed was Jack Johnson playing the puck. And I just remember, just when I think of that game and what I thought when I watched that game, is just Jack Johnson kind of scared me every time he had the puck. There were times where it got into his skates and he just he didn't know what to do. He just kind of flailed around, kicked it, tried to get it as far away from him as possible. And that's fine as long as you're also keeping it away from the other team. So that's something I don't know. I don't think he performed all that well in the Capitals game either, but he's playing top-line minutes. So I understand if he's going to struggle a little bit. I just really want Brian Dumoulin to come back so we don't have to have somebody like Jack Johnson on the first line. Yeah, it's brutal knowing that Jack Johnson's on our first line. We can dig into that one a little more about whenever we talk about the Capitals game because there, I didn't notice Jack Johnson too much, and I guess that's a good start that I didn't notice him too much. Mm-hmm. But the one time I did notice him was literally two seconds after the Penguins inside scoop people tweeted, hey, we're putting Bluger out there for to kill off this, not kill off, but the to have minute. him for the final minute with an empty net quote if that shows how much they love him defensively or something like that and i said well jack johnson is also out there so what does that say about them loving him defensively uh, i'm gonna uh, just say that well you know what the pens won on friday night four to three over the philadelphia flyers they beat a quote-unquote rival which they are still a rival i will still, still bang that drum they're still a rival of the pittsburgh of Penguins. because it'll always be hyped up yeah. as you know battle of pennsylvania which is what it should be we know it's a historical rivalry that you know, predates anybody's anybody that's on either roster's early birth year. So it's yeah, it's something that will never go away. It just has its hot and cold moments. Yeah, for sure, definitely. But if that's not the rivalry, then what is? You ask. I don't think anybody's stupid enough to actually ask that question because the answer is the Washington <clears throat> Capitals. We are going to talk a lot about this Capitals game. We're fresh off of that, but before we continue, we have some big news regarding this podcast, the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, and the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. We, the Tip of the Iceberg, will be getting our own feed very soon. This means no more scrolling through the full roster of THPN podcasts to find the newest episode of the Tip of the Iceberg. That means you will be able to search the Tip of the Iceberg on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And our lovely podcast with our full roster of our specific podcast will show up for you will be so much easier to find and here's the thing if you want to go to the hockey podcast network feed and scroll through them if you're a fan of multiple podcasts because we have multiple sick amazing podcasts as part of our network if you want to even listen to caps chirp because those guys joined us on our last episode they're pretty good they're the b team as we'd like to call them because we're the a team so if you want to do that they're getting their own feed too so we're very good and we're very set with our own podcast feed so keep an eye out for that that should be hitting all those podcasting apps within the next week or so so stay tuned for more updates for that we're going to take a quick break from our friends at the hockey podcast network but when we return of course we're going to discuss what we just watched pens caps round one of four this season we'll be right back you're listening to the hockey podcast network on twitter at hockey Podnet. 
New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. We're rolling right around here on Super Bowl Sunday. Of course, we're recording just before the big game. But then again, some could say we're recording immediately after the big game because we know the Super Bowl is not going to live up to what Penn's Caps just delivered for us. It was a fantastic... If this year's Super Bowl is anything like last year's... Hey, listen, I like last year's Super Bowl. I like defense, though. Not a lot of people like defense. Not a lot of people like defense. I'm, I'm a big fan of it, but I don't think it lives up to the Penn's Caps matchup. The only thing that's going to be comparable is the fact that on that 2-on-1, Tom Wilson put some airtime on that pass across that went over his teammate's head. So that's going to be oh, the biggest yeah. airtime that we're going to see, even including the punts during the Super Bowl. So let's get down be, to it. I'll, I'll be real. Tom Wilson also put some airtime under a couple of Penguin players. Right? Oh, Chris Letang, most notably in the third. He launched yeah. him with a clean-as-a-whistle hit. That was a fantastic uh, hit. I'm a fan of that. A tweet I just retweeted from our account while we were doing that last ad read, though, from Bob Grove. Tom Wilson had 13 hits, which is a career high, Jeez. but was a negative three. Well, that's what you get. I'm, I'm glad you can throw the body around, but you might want to play the puck sometimes, too. Yeah. Let's Another get guy into that, it. Oh, um, go ahead. Wilson throw around. I'm just, I'm shooting from the hip. I said before, we have no notes here. We're, you I'm have no notes. My, my he, I don't, yeah. My heart rate's still jacked, even though we just tried to settle it while talking about the Flyers. But yeah, I also am. This is fresh in my mind because I just got done writing a story about him for the hockey writers. Go go read it whenever it goes up. Brandon Tanev is effing made for this rivalry. If he, I, I don't think he threw the body a lot this game, but I know he's a guy that can do it. He's third in the league in hits right now and finished third last year. He's a guy that's not afraid to get in those dirty areas. And he's, and he's capable of scoring goals in clutch situations. He did it today. He got another, his, I think, team leading now, fourth game-winning goal. What the fuck? This dude is incredible. couple things. Go ahead. One, Go ahead. being easy on your mic over there. It's treating you very nicely. I, I, I heard that. Two. That was me throwing my Sharpie. <laughs> ah, okay. Two, shameless plug. Nick Horwath, yes, absolutely. shameless plug. Just get used just to that. Completely <laughs> shameless. And number three, I completely agree with you. Brandon Tanev, what an acquisition. As Doug texted me during the game right after that goal, that contract is not long enough at six years. That might be <laughs> that might be a little a little premature Dude. on the whole six years thing, considering we're in year numero uno of that. Oh but, yeah, wait wait till you read the article. It's I think it's gonna be a great read. It's um exactly about that. It's just is it worth the term and the money, stuff like that. But All right, um, I'm excited we, to read it. But let's get into our right goal now. review. Yes. Let's get into our goal review because we're, we're shooting from the hip. Let's get through this, and then we can go all full, non-scripted, non-structured, whatever <laughs> we want. Pens, caps, here we go. Super Bowl Sunday, first period. Washington strikes first with Lars Eller picking up his 12th assisted to Richard Ponick. And then shortly after that, Sam Lafferty, who we just talked about, coming back up after that yep. first game back, snipes it on Ilya Samsonov, his fifth of the year, assisted by fourth liner Alex Galchenyuk. I have a little bit of talk about that, too, coming up. And then 2-1, to one, Penn score, Patrick Hornfist, with a beauty of a pass from the Harvard boy John Marino, a secondary mm-hmm. assist to Evgeny Malkin. And after the first period, it is to 2-1, in favor of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Only one goal in the second period, and that is bona fide top liner Dom Simone knocking in his seventh goal of the season, assisted to Sidney Crosby and Jared McCann. The top line was 
buzzing in that second period. And then the third period, where the Washington Capitals, they got going. And they scored that first goal, making it 3-2 to Evgeny Kuznetsov with a nice shot. Just getting a little bit of luck off of John Marino's skate. Yekub Verana and Jensen both get the assist on that. And then, as you mentioned, Brandon Tanev, his 11th of the season, his fourth game winner of the season, assisted by his favorite line mates, Teddy Bluger and Zach Aston Reese. And then just after that, again, just like you blink, and Lars Eller puts his 13th of the season behind Matt Murray. Carl Haglin and Radko Gudis get the assist, and that is where it ends at a score of 4-3 to in favor of the Pittsburgh Penguins. The first thing that I want to mention and I'm going to give a tip of the hat to those guys over at Caps Chirp because mm-hmm. you interviewed them for our last episode, our Thursday episode. They told us that if there's one player on their team that nobody respects, or people don't respect enough, I should say. It's not that nobody respects them. People don't respect him enough, and he's going to be a pain in the ass for many years to come. And I tweeted about it. Mm-hmm. Lars Eller, two goals and an assist today, a point in every single one of Washington's goals he was flying out there, and I'm very surprised. I think the biggest mistake that Todd Reardon made in this game is not having Lars Eller out there with the empty net. That's what um, the announcers on NBC were saying, and you completely cannot disagree. I have a good buddy, Tyler Connors, who's a Caps fan as well, who will you know talk over the moon about Lars Eller. It's he's a guy that is a really good you know player for them. I'm trying to pull up the cap friendly on my phone for info on him because you say years to come. I know nothing about background with the team. I know. I just know I've heard the name for a while. I know he is a thorn in the sides of teams almost always. And it looks like he has currently got four years left at three and a half million. He's also 30, but that's a guy that has some staying power, even at, even at a bit of a later age. I mean, he's made, he's been around the team for a while. He knows the team. He knows this rivalry. And he knows how the league works. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that will absolutely be a pest. Yeah. And a phenomenal score, a great shot that we obviously saw today. I, I my tweet wasn't even sent yet whenever that goal went in. <laughs> yeah, it was it was definitely tough because you got goals coming after goals piling on top, and that's what a rivalry is mm-hmm. made of, always keeping you on your toes. And I, I was incorrect there when they I said Lars Eller. They were talking about Jacob Brana or Jacob Brana when they were saying who their player to that not enough people respect. But, I mean, Lars Eller, oh. too. I don't think enough people get respect for Lars Eller. I know they yeah. mentioned something about him during that interview. So, apologies to them. But both of those players, especially Eller in this game, I should mm-hmm. say, Vrana did look dangerous at p- times, and he is quick. I think he might match, if not faster, than Carl Haglin, who we, of course, know a lot about. My yeah. Haglin jersey's hanging in the background right now. but He's got a faster – I sent you this. Carl Haglin is a faster – a skills competition skating time to Connor McDavid. Exactly. These guys can fly. And I think yeah. Lars Eller, first of all, was playing fantastic. He's played fantastic for the Washington Capitals ever since he came up. Jacob Brana also playing good, did not really show up on the score sheet as much today as Eller, but what a game. Yeah. I mean, just shoot from the hip like you said you were going to. What do you, what did you think of this game? It was definitely a playoff type atmosphere, wouldn't you think? Oh, I I want to know my heart rate throughout these entire games. Every time we play them, it's a playoff atmosphere. It's they're so they're they're fun, but absolutely excruciating to watch. It's just one of those games that you look forward to, and then I I thought this about eighty thousand times watching this game. I know I really backed myself as to not be a you know classic answer in the interview I did with. Um, 
the Caps guys. Yes. But whenever we play this team, oh my god, I feel it just seeping out of me, just being like, just saying dumb shit, thinking dumb shit, and then just not like making sure not to tweet it, but like saying it out loud and letting it stay at that. Yeah, and and I get that. I I felt a little bit of the urge sometimes too, but then educated hockey mind watches the replay and says, you know what? Why am I even mad about that? That's the good call. Hockey troll over there during the game got a little. He got a little bit of you know whatever I, the equivalent to Yinzer in Washington is. For Washington fans, I, he got there saying there's a Pittsburgh bias, but I guess that's all Washington fans. I guess the only thing that I saw that was Pittsburgh bias in this entire game was the puck on the Brandon Tanev goal. They must have had it weighed somewhere <laughs> that it just yeah. went over Samsonov. It had the little balloon and then cut the cord when it was over Samsonov's shoulder. That's the only thing I can think of. The refing was bad. I will admit that, but it was bad on yeah. both sides. They it, evened it up every sides. time. And it started yeah. from the beginning. When they called that slashing on Ovi, it was an awful call. And they evened that up about five minutes later. So the refing is something that really needs to be taken care of because just because it's even doesn't make it fair. Yeah. Because there's different and, points in the game that it could really change the momentum. Yeah. By the way, if people want to talk about bias in the league, I'm going to just say, have you ever seen the way the league treats Chicago? <laughs> That's no offense. True. I mean, yes. Okay. There may be some bias toward Penguin toward the penguins i'll even i'll probably agree to it on some occasions we have a ton of outdoor games i'm usually thinking stuff like that i'm usually thinking big things i don't look at in-game stuff like refereeing because that's not on the team or yeah. whatever that's just on the officiating crew but like <laughs> there was the ad for wednesday night's you know nbc lineup which yeah. is chicago med fire and police whatever <laughs> i'm i thought to myself out loud what is the game there too? Is the next you know Wednesday night hockey game in Chicago too? And Eddie O just steps in. We'll be in Chicago that night. I'm like, so it is. Then they cut to the game schedule for NBC Tuesday and Wednesday night. They have a national game. Mm. So the league kind of buys to Chicago in that situation. All I'm saying there is that's that rain is over in terms of them having stars to watch. They're a terrible team right now. They really and have to make excuses to put them on national television because they're not a good team. They're still using guys like Kane and Taves as their poster boys, which you can't. Uh, Kane, yes, you can still do. Taves, though, what? You can't use him as your poster boy anymore. You might as well put on Duncan Keith. D1K. I mean, Alex DeBrink is going to be the future of that team regardless. Well, him and Kirby Dock are both really, really good Dock, players. Yeah. And it's, it's a shame because the rest of that team is not great. Dominic Kubalik is another story coming out of there. He's a fantastic rookie, a 20-plus goal scorer that came out of basically nowhere. But, uh-huh. again, four or five players don't make a team. And if there's any team that's a testament to that, it's the Washington Capitals and the there Pittsburgh Penguins. And that is, yeah. you know, circling back, that is why yeah, this game meant you. so much, and that is why this game was played on Super Bowl Sunday. Because what other game will people tune into instead of a Super Bowl pregame that aren't pure hockey fans? It's Pittsburgh-Washington. Yeah. There's a reason that this game was played today. Now, why they waited until today to make it the first matchup, I will never know that. But there's a reason it's... that those two teams played at 1230 on Super Bowl Sunday, and, and we saw exactly why. I'm not going to get any more into it, but yep. Washington-Pittsburgh, thank God we have three more times that we get to watch this in the regular season. And now you tell me, because you said you soured on it a little bit over the past year and a half, couple years. Would you not love to just see a playoff series between these two teams again <laughs> this spring? Second be, round, first round. I don't care. Match them up. 
it'd be scary. That's all it is. Like that's kind of why I'm not for it because I want the best chance for my team to win. That's why I'm usually always about, hey, let's not play them because they are a team that can beat us. They came damn close today. It's those are reasons why that I'm like, let's try and play other teams. Yeah. But if it comes to it, yeah, I'll be confident. But I always want the best chance for my team to win. Well. You saw that in the third period. The first period, the Penguins dominated on all facets of the game. Second period was a little 50-50, and then the third period was all Washington Capitals. The Penguins, you could tell, were playing dump and chase, dump and chase. And then, of course, a little bit of puck luck with the Brandon Tanev goal. That's just him being Brandon Tanev. He fought yep. for that back check, and he got a little bit of luck, and it happens. And you see it happened on the Evgeny Kuznetsov goal that made it 3-2. to two. So there's going to be puck luck if you hustle, and a lot of these players in this game hustled, and it was a really good game back and forth the entire way. And I'm just, again, I'm stoked to see these three more matchups this season because every single one of them are going to be just like this. Yeah, and I really would like to know. I just want to look for it. Because I mentioned Brandon Tanev is known for his team for throwing the body. I don't think he matched Wilson's 13, but I'm curious if I can find how many hits he may have put up in this game. Oh, uh, Hockey Reference is not updated yet. That's okay. No, I but, can look for it real quick because it is going to be on the Penguins app, so I can check that real quick. They track hits. I've just been using Hockey Reference a lot I'm recently. I'm pretty sure they do, yes. Um, okay. But Tan is a guy that you know he is known for throwing the body. Like I said, he's third in the league right now with it. Tanev had two um, hits. Two? Two. Damn. Officially two. Damn. All right, well. But you also have to think about the amount of time that was spent on the power play and the penalty kill. That's something mm, that yeah. didn't look good if you were a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. Your power play had four chances, and you didn't do anything. Exactly. Power plays without a without a single shot. Going pretty far into the third without a shot also hurts. It was a very roller coaster emotions of a game Mm -hmm. for both sides. I'd say. I mean, at one point it was you know three to one Penguins, and we were able to kind of breathe lightly. Twitter was having a field day with Murray. I feel like at first, but (laughs) I didn't. I try not to look at all that, but. Overall, I'd say Matt Murray played phenomenally. Oh, I would not think anything less than that. I think both Matt Murray and Samsonov for Washington, Mm -hmm. they, and nobody really talked about it. A lot of people at the beginning of the game, especially on that national broadcast, they were talking about it's very important for Ilya Samsonov to get off to a hot start. It's very important for Samsonov. I was like, what are you guys so worried about? This guy has won his last 11 11, games for a reason. Of course he's going to show up in this game. This is the big time. This is his chance to really make his name on the national stage more so than he already has. So I wasn't, I was kind of confused as to why they were making that a storyline, but just Murray versus Samsonov. And then you also think about how Tristan Jari's playing. The goaltenders on these two teams, both starter and backup or 1A, 1B, or however you want to put it. It's very, very close between those two. And it's really interesting to see and, I think you you started the conversation, so I'll finish. Matt Murray has now won six straight games, has not lost since the turn of the new year. He needs to get more playing time, and we both said on Thursday that we thought it was going to go Jari, Murray, or Murray, Jari. Either way, we knew it was going to be 1-1 one one this weekend, and didn't it just turn out perfectly if you're a Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Penguins fan? It's exactly what you want to see. It's exactly what you want to see. It, having two talented goaltenders that can get you wins is a good problem to have. I think it is about time that we start splitting time almost between these two. Because Jari's still playing great. You're noticing a little regression with having a couple games where he's let in three goals. 
but that's bound to happen. Murray is, you know, playing his ass off again. He's back to being a solid starting goaltender. So have I think it's about time that we can start using them in the, you know, one game on, one game off sort of deal. Maybe even, you know, maybe even starting Matt Murray in the next game in Tampa Bay and then going, you know, back to Jari at Florida. Who knows what we're going to do with all that, but it's just about time to start equaling out the time a little bit. Oh, I completely agree. I think we need to see a lot more of Matt Murray than we saw over the last stretch of weeks before the All-Star break, and it's because of the way that he played in the beginning that that happened, but I think he's more than shown that he's capable of picking up more starts, and I think that's only going to make him better, and I think that's only going to make Tristan Jari better because, like you said, he's given up three goals for a couple of starts here, whether that be because of a defensive breakdown or not on some of the games, you're giving up three goals. Yeah. And they all go past you the same. They're all ending yeah. up in the same place. And whether it's his fault or not, it, a fatigue could play a factor in that. And because he picked up so much of the... We talk about Matt Murray didn't hasn't really played that much. Tristan Jari's been playing maybe a little too much, if, if anything. So it'll be nice to see them kind of even out the schedules for the two of them, like you mentioned. Yeah, and I think it will come time to do that because it'll give Murray some primer and some rest because I feel like he's going to be the starting goaltender going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Unless, you know, Jari's absolutely lights out putting up a shutout every other game going until then that's true so but like barring that i feel like it's at the point where matt murray's capable of taking his starting job back and going forward into april and late april it's going to be his spot again yeah no i completely agree and and there was a question asked in one of the intermission breaks i don't remember if it was the first or the second intermission during that game yesterday start of the playoffs as of right now game one murray or jari who do you put in there I'm going Matt Murray, I think. Really? Going Matt Murray with the intention of if it gets out of hand quick, we're able to switch fast. We're able to make a quick change and bounce back. It might, I mean, you're putting your starter in and hoping it doesn't get to that situation. Yeah. But you know that you're better off starting with your solid starter, I'd say. Yeah. Because take it from... Take from the Capitals in their cup run year. They started that with Grubauer, went down 0-2 to Columbus, put Holtby in, swept him out. So it's – I would just say don't even bother with – in that situation, don't even bother with putting your backup in to start unless shit hits the fan. Plus, I mean, we've every year we've gone through the cup, we've had a goalie situation, a goalie quote situation. Started 2016 with Jeff Zatkoff. I mean, <laughs> it's – Things that like these are issues we've had, and finally we have one again. Maybe that's the thing that we need to kick, to kick us in the ass. Yeah. And I think the big thing you said, you mentioned Washington in 2018 playoffs, starting with Grubauer. I mean, look at the Washington Pittsburgh series in 2017. Matt Murray started that series, and of course couldn't get much going when we were in Washington. Mark mm-hmm. Andre Fleury comes in, and I think we switched a couple times in the midst of that series, and it ended up working for the best. Matt, or excuse me, Mark Andre Fleury in Game Seven. Of course, everybody remembers the the knob of his stick save on Ovi, the gift that came after it. So it's a good situation. I personally go with Tristan Jari in game one of the playoffs. He's your all-star. He's the guy that's done it more consistently over the season. And I think of the two of them, Matt Murray is the one that's more mentally prepared to be benched for game one of the playoffs and come back like a house of fire and shut things down. I, I know 
Jari might be able to do that right now, but at the same time, he hasn't been thrust into that situation just as much as Matt Murray has. So just for that reason, and of course, as of right now, both goalies are playing out of their minds good. So because of that reason, I start, I start with Tristan Jari. Okay. Hey, we disagree on something for once. Yeah, you asshole. I feel like we don't do that very often. No, it's because but... we're both very intelligent people, and we're both always <laughs> correct. So here's something I mean, that we might disagree on as well. Alex Galchenyuk, how do you think he looked on Sunday in a rivalry game starting on the fourth line? I didn't see him much, if I'm being honest. He's the reason we scored that first goal. Yeah. His I forechecking. See. Right. Other than that, I mean, I don't know if it was because I was doing other things at the same time and at the beginning of the game at least kind of only half paying attention. Mm-hmm. I noticed he had fourth line minutes, and I know, know he was playing with um, Lafferty and Angelo. Mm-hmm. Angelo, however you want to say his name. Whatever the correct way is, I guess. Angelo. But yeah. I didn't notice any of those three out there that often. It was a game where your top three lines were getting all of the ice time. Mm-hmm. If you have Galchenyuk's ice time in front of you, I noticed he was getting power play time, though. He was getting some time on the second unit. Yeah, you're, yeah. you are correct. And, and the big thing is, it's similar to the Philadelphia game. First period, you see the fourth line a lot because they're rolling it a lot second period not quite as much they get a couple shifts and the third period especially when it gets that close you're not going to see him very much Alex Galchenyuk got nine Mm -hmm. minutes and 11 seconds of ice time and that's because of the power play time Anthony Angelo who is the center of that line between him and Lafferty switched time at center on that line Anthony Angelo had five minutes and 49 seconds of ice time so it was definitely a game and both games were they were both definitely games that the fourth line was not going to be able to make a difference unless they did it in the first period. And luckily for the Pittsburgh Penguins, because of Galchenyuk, because of Lafferty, and his rocket of a shot, they did. And they tied the game at one at the point where the Penguins were losing, and that was the only time the Penguins trailed. So it's a good thing that they did. And if he can play that way, and I think he played a little physical too, if he can play that way, I'm fine with him there. But I still think they're going to make a move, and he might be the odd man out. I like Anthony Angelo. I like the way he's played in these two games. Of course, you got to see okay. how he plays over an extended period of time. But I like him. I, not that I don't like Agazino, but I think Angelo has a bigger body, and I'd like to see that come playoff time, and you see why, considering yeah. the Capitals game. The few times I saw Angelo out there, he looked like a unit. Like, he looked like a big dude. I don't, like, have his you know, physical stats in front of me. I have nothing in front of me. But another thing I noticed about Galchenyuk, though, is that he... It's been said before, yeah, he's having his down year, but he has never once looked like he's not trying. Yeah. He's always giving his best effort, which I'll give him credit for that. It's hard whenever you're, when nothing's happening and you're trying your damnedest every and night in and night out. So yeah. I feel for the guy, and I want him to start doing better. It just hurts that it might not be in this situation anymore. Exactly. And like you said, Angelo looked like a unit. That's because he is an absolute unit, clocking in at six foot five, two 210 pounds. Holy Damn. So there is a fourth line body for you, and that is probably where we're going to finish off. Actually, that is where we're going to finish off. Last thing I wanted to mention is Thursday is our next game. So we have a nice, smooth three-day break after this game. Thursday is our next game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's head to Florida, baby. There we go. So that's going to be a good game. That's all for this one. You can follow us at Iceberg Podcast on Twitter. Our show is brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Go visit them on anywhere you listen to your podcast. we got 31 podcast 30 other than ours that came out today on monday february 3rd 
Phil saw his shadow yesterday, so we should be getting early spring. Let's hope so. Uh, but other we, than that, we haven't had winter yet. Uh, yeah, come to Johnstown. We definitely had winter last oh, night. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, fair More enough. <laughs> three plus inches just in like three hours. So if you want winter, come visit me in Johnstown. But that's all for this Word. one. Go follow Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. Every team, everywhere. We'll see you guys on Thursday. <laughs>